1: All right, we're recording for the
0: Travolties. Uh We'll get pleasantries out of the way. Hello, and welcome back to The Contrarians, where we're right and you're wrong. My name is Alex. I am joined by my buddy Julio, as always. Julio, we've come to the final chapter.
1: Would you call it the bitter end? It's bittersweet. Bittersweet. The bittersweet end.
0: I think it's the bittersweet end to the biggest project... Uh what's the word I'm thinking of the biggest uh the most encompassing portion of this podcast we've ever done. Yes. In the near 4-year run of the Contrarians we've never tackled a monster of this size and today we reached the conclusion of the Summer of Travolta.
1: It's been it's been quite the journey and I would say no regrets. No. Not really. I mean, we'll get a little more into just the specifics of how we feel about certain stops in this uh, in this journey, but overall, no regrets.
0: No, it's been a a very fun, scintillating summer. Uh, we've reached record highs and abysmal lows along the <laughs> way, uh, but it's kind it's gonna be weird on our next episode watching something that doesn't have John Travolta in it. We've literally spent fucking three months with four this months. fucker, four months with this. Talented son of a bitch. Yeah. It's this vaudevillian showman.
1: It was also kind of a, a thought that kept occurring to me as, as time went by and we kept going through this. Uh, was one, I guess, two thoughts. One, we, it was such a good pick for an actor. And I'm not oh, saying yeah. that Travolta is the only actor that this would work with i
0: mean obviously you do like tom cruise tom hanks yeah basically any
1: any actor with a good filmography with with a prolific uh uh you know career you probably you you'll find new shades to their work as you know when you watch it yeah you watch them back to back and you pick some of the obscure ones yeah um so but still you know I don't know when I think I said it at some point in one of the episodes when I think John Travolta I don't think oh yeah that's the guy we we're, we're going to have we're going to watch 13 movies and each of them is going to be this you know very very different Radically experience. different experience <laughs> yeah yeah uh, the other thing is we're so lucky that at least in the span of the summer Travolta didn't do anything stupid or horrible that would make it just in poor taste for us yes. <laughs> to keep going with this <laughs>
0: He didn't pull a Benoit, he didn't murder his wife and child and then kill himself or anything like that. So Thank you, John Travolta. We're glad John Travolta didn't do anything like that during this time, otherwise we would have been up shit creek without a paddle trying to do this summer. We'd been, it would have been great if we just didn't acknowledge it and just acted like we were doing the Summer of Hanks the whole time. So, the next Tom Hanks movie. Um, so, yeah, this has been a really interesting thing, because we haven't spent so much time. We've done, like, themes and we've done, you know, two-part episodes with actors, but we haven't spent so much time and effort into one actor. And I think I'll save a lot of my thoughts on John Travolta himself for our closing thoughts on this. Uh, But what we wanted to do today is close out with the Travolties, as we mentioned, but also um, his most recent movie we did. Would that have been Be Cool in 2005?
1: No, Swordfish, right? Swordfish was 2002.
0: Uh,
1: Let me look at the list real fast. Holy shit, you might be right. Be Cool, yeah. Yeah. Which happens
0: to be the last episode we did also. In a very bad, depressing movie. Um, But where is he now? (laughs) Travolta, in classic Travolta fashion, as we've covered this along this journey, um, still to this day maintains to hit the high highs and the low lows. Uh, One of the things I did a bit of research on, Julio had recommended, and also, um, aside from a few clips we've watched together, I don't have too much experience with... uh, the people versus O.J. Simpson, but I do know that it was a very critically acclaimed role that Travolta played as Robert Shapiro, and I found a, an article from Variety that was written about this that just kind of wanted to touch on you know where he was prior to where he <laughs> went, and we'll have Julio take over from there. Uh, Travolta plays uh, Simpson defense attorney Robert Shapiro, and it's easy to see why reviews have been mixed. Even critics who praise the actor's take tend to note as Shapiro. Travolta is often quite mannered and some of his line readings are so colorful or eccentric that they end up being distracted. Whatever your position on Travolta's work, you certainly can't accuse the actor of failing to make bold choices. My own opinion of Travolta's Shapiro evolved as I watched the first six episodes of the FX series. I started in the realm of puzzled disbelief, arrived at amusement, and ultimately traveled to a place of sincere appreciation. You simply can't take your eyes off Travolta and that is a form of enchantment.
1: I must make one thing perfectly clear. I am as shocked as anybody is at this turn of events. Over the past 25 years, on numerous occasions, I have made similar arrangements with the LAPD, with the district attorney's office, and Mr. Garcetti. They have always kept their word to me, and I have always kept my word to them. In fact, I arranged the surrender of Eric Menendez from Israel.
0: What a prick.
1: No,
0: I... Robert Shapiro's focused on his number one priority. Robert Shapiro. And that was written by Maury and Ryan at Variety. And I think that uh, You Can't Take Your Eyes Off Travolta speaks to a lot of what we've talked about on this.
1: Uh, I gotta identify with that, with how she experienced the, the performance, because I was kind of the same. I was on the same boat. I... I was kind of I was watching the show kind of to make fun of it at first, mm-hmm. and then, as it went on i I really got into not just the show but Travolta's performance, and then by the time you got to the end, it was just you just bought it, you know, but of course, you spent what twelve thirteen hours with this character. do you think
0: then. that was by design on Travolta's end?
1: No, I don't think so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and like you, I'm gonna save my my take on John Travolta for the very end, uh but i
0: god i wish he had twitter so we could just blow him up and be like hey john watch this or listen to this excuse me i <laughs> 20 downloads emanating from travolta manor
1: uh, he, uh it, it is mannered it is i think i mentioned to you it was very easy to just make a snap judgment from the moment you saw the promotional photos for the show and he's there, and he looks like John Travolta wearing makeup.
0: It was a whole joke, and his eyebrows were so ridiculous. Right. It just—it
1: doesn't yeah. look – it looks like bad prosthetics. It doesn't – it's one of those things – I know it's happened with movies that we watch uh, while doing the show where you just – it's really distracting when a known actor that's well-known for the way they look – Suddenly, doesn't look the same, and so it's just
0: Jim Sturgis. Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like that's not just some guy, some white, some white guy trying to be Asian. It's like Jim Sturgis. I know that's not Jim Sturgis. That's not how he looks.
0: Oh man, I know him. <laughs> that's across the universe. What's he doing?
1: <laughs> so, so that was that was distracting. Now, there is one that the show is good. The writing is good, so that helps you get into the character, get into all the characters in the story helps you overcome the way that Travolta looks and, at the time, sounds. Um, I I looked up clips of the real Bob Shapiro, and I, I don't think... I don't know. I didn't think that he looked or sounded like him at all. So, could have
0: been just Travolta doing his own thing.
1: Yeah, but still, you know, because he could have just played it. He didn't need to do the, that voice. He didn't need to put the, the weird eyebrows and do that thing with his hair, you know? Uh, and But then there's... I mean, you can't deny that he is still... It requires you to have some talent to do what he's doing there. Yeah. So I think it's a it's a big swing, and it mostly hit. I,
0: I, I it's an infield home run.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think it's there's universal acclaim, but it's I think that that was what last year that that that
0: came the out past two or three years. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was a
1: reminder that you know what John Travolta can still capture your attention and hold it on screen, and he gets some some really good moments throughout the show. Uh, so that's that's good.
0: So like we've discovered along this journey this summer, for every coin that has a nice shiny head onto it, you've got the two-side face of the Harvey Dent coin. Woo! Which takes us to what else – where is he now? Oh,
1: my God. That so, is – I would feel a lot worse about this if not – if Travolta hadn't proven to us that he can just rebound <laughs> – Countless times (laughs)
0: Exactly It's like he wants to see How many times He can have a comeback So I have not been So privileged As to see Travolta's most recent film As Julio has He went to the only theater In Austin That was showing it Let me tell you something New York is the greatest
1: city In the world My city I was a kid in these streets And I made it to the top. I made my bones Doing a piece of work For Don Carlo Gambino Like that I became a made man I'm thinking maybe take a year off. you want to hang out
0: with me? Do you know what you're doing to this family?
1: I will build something that nobody can destroy. So, Paul Castellano was a fish in the desert. I never respected Paul.
0: You killed the boss of us. You will bring down hellfire. There is no choice. I will say I quite admired and gave a golf clap to the marketing campaign behind this movie. Julio, was Gotti as bad as the critics say?
1: In a word, Alex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the marketing campaign will have you think that uh, that critics have just decided to troll <laughs> Travolta uh, just now.
0: Well, that's uh, what they kind of mildly tried to do with... Um... Battlefield Earth saying that they were just against Scientology, but this like they actually used mob terms. Yeah, the critics put the hit out. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's so, ridiculous
1: because I don't understand. I mean, obviously, I guess you hire a marketing company, maybe, and they. What just, else
0: can you do at that point if like everyone is saying this is the worst thing ever made? Like,
1: I, I don't know. I would. Here's a problem. At, at least in my opinion, if you come that aggressively, then I expect even more. Yeah, you know, I would just say, hey. Make up your own mind, you know, maybe cite examples of movies that were poorly received critically, but ended up being cult classics or whatever, you know. Uh, but I can't imagine, much like with Battlefield Earth, I can't imagine people like making this movie gaudy and thinking that it was actually good, you know. I mean, I think that they probably had the best intentions going in. But then when you look at the finished product, you're like, this is not.
0: Is it like the room where it's so bad that it's fun? No. It's no, just it's
1: bad. so boring. It's it's bad. It's bad on every level. Starting with Travolta, and that that's what pains me a little because I wish that the last story, the last, the most recent movie that we talk about, would be a triumph that he had
0: this dignified bookend on <laughs> right, his career, right? Right?
1: Yeah. Uh, or at least that he was doing something important. This is just bordering on ridiculous because he is uh, he's playing Gaudi throughout his life. So you open with like actually <laughs> the opening is Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> talking from beyond the grave. He's yes. uh he's talking to the camera. And uh as as I guess what you would call present time Gaudi for where the movie takes place. Okay. And uh and he's just basically saying, you know what, there's never been anybody like me, and there will never be anybody like me. And I'm gonna tell you why. Trying to do his version of uh of the voiceover from Casino or from Goodfellas. Uh, and then it cuts to a young Gotti much younger than Travolta is right now. So already, like, problem number one, right? You know, he's he doesn't look right. Yeah. And then as the movie goes by, his character ages briefly into the age that he is now, and then he keeps aging, and now he's like an old man with prosthetics. And the makeup is not up to snuff. Once again, we run into the problem of a recognizable character, a recognizable actor looking weird. Yeah. You know, and I wish that that was the worst thing that happens in this movie. That it's just distracting the way Travolta looks and and talks and whatever. But no, it's just, you know, it's it's just bad. I don't know much about John Gotti in real life. If I were to take the movie at at its word, at what it's saying, he had a boring life. No, even, even he had a boring life. One, uh, but also he's just more like a folk hero. You know, it, it, the movie paints him as this this guy that never murdered anybody who did not deserve to be murdered uh-huh. <laughs> and uh who really cared for the community and uh and the movie closes with a bunch of like real people i guess just giving their statements about how awesome he was uh he he ended up he died in jail yeah. he was he persevered he was you know life kept throwing shit at him including cancer and whatever he just remained alive he was a man's uh, man Yeah, and then his son gets also arrested by being connected to, you know, the family business. And then the movie goes on to just indict the legal system for spending all these resources on prosecuting Uh. somebody who was basically innocent because he was not his father, even though he was part of the business. Uh, And then the very last frame, at the very end, you cut to Travolta once again talking to the camera saying there was nobody like me. There will never be anybody like me. And then you cut to this screen that says, in loving memory of John Gotti.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's incredible. And it's just,
1: so, obviously, I have issues from a moral standpoint with the movie. (laughs) Yeah. It feels a little, I understand. Okay, so if it was financed with, like, mob money, you know, and they're just like, well, this is, we want you to paint him as, as a hero. You do what you have to do. I mean, I guess I understand where it's coming from, but that doesn't make it right. No. And I don't think that Travolta needs the paycheck to get involved in a project that basically, I don't know, just sings the praises of a mobster.
0: Yeah, that sounds very peculiar. Yeah.
1: uh, And, you know, like we mentioned back when we first acknowledged this project uh, on the podcast, it's directed by E from Entourage. That's right. And it's just... It looks terrible. White guy it, central. It 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 looks gaudy, gaudy gaudy looks gaudy. I
0: it, positive if we looked on Rotten Tomatoes, that would be one of the quotes.
1: Probably, yeah. It, it's it's not good. Um, I'll tell you the one if I had to say one good thing about it, Kelly Preston is in it as a Travolta's wife. Shocker. Yeah, and uh, she gets a decent amount of screen time, and she that's fine. She has the New York accent. Uh, She's
0: good. Have you ever seen Eulogy? Nope, she's really good in that.
1: So Jerry Maguire,
0: she's, <laughs> she's
1: good at she's that. She's something in like that. Uh, but yeah, she's she's good. Her scenes with Travolta, because of course she's playing the role of the wife that's just kind of conflicted about this whole thing going on and just overall miserable about all the bad things that happened to her to them. Uh, she's good. It's 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 a thankless role in a thankless movie, but she comes out of it looking a lot better than Travolta. Um, of course, Travolta has more screen time. He can't hide, you know? She can hide in between scenes, yeah, and you just kind of- his movie. Right, there's so much worse going on around her that when she comes up, you're like, oh, that's cool, that's her, and she's, she's all right. I told
0: them so that I Tom, here, Tom. I Tom. had to read about it, it on the cover of the oh, paper, paper, that our son is a target. Oh, Daily
1: news, the, the fucking post, yeah, the since when did Ed tell the truth? I already buried a son. You want me to bury another that you will bury me too. You wore him in our own bed. You promised that you would not bring him into that world. What world are you talking about? Tell me the world you're talking about. But overall, just bad. And I don't know, I think you have to have some balls. I guess they had nothing to lose to launch that campaign. Because this is not a movie that deserves that sort of bravado, where you're just like, you know what, fuck you, I know I made a good movie, or I know I made at least a decent movie. Mm. It's just bad. It's it-
0: That's definitely, I think you'd put it best into words, there was really no other option. <laughs> we gotta do something crazy. Go big
1: or go home. Go big <laughs> or go Once home. Once again, yeah. big swing. But uh, did you tell me that... Uh, Travolta or some of these people or whatever were saying that this was just like Oscar caliber. It was
0: supposed to be his big comeback. Like they thought it was going to be his big like... See,
1: that's just sad. There is no way. I mean, he's he has to know. You know, he has to watch the movie by now and he has to know that this is just
0: from what I read. Yeah, they thought it was going to be like Pulp Fiction, like his big comeback. Oh my
1: God, that's just depressing.
0: (laughs) Well, let's not end this on a sad note. Let's get to the, the meat and potatoes, the What's causing all this, Nate, as they would say? We're here to dole out some Travolti's. I wish we just had <laughs> awards with like John Travolta's head from Greece on it. Just a Danny Zuko
1: head. Oh man, a Travolta bobblehead. head. I'm sure you can find it somewhere.
0: <laughs> and oh my god. Like. <laughs> uh so we have several categories. Uh we're not gonna run them down beforehand. And then we have our fun bonus categories. Yeah.
1: Did you see I, I posted my empty ballot? You did, you did, yeah. yeah. So
0: our faithful Twitter followers will know what's coming. Uh, we've got our standard awards in the bonus categories. Uh, we will officially rank the top five Travolta penises <laughs> and the Travolta Taco Bell menu. Uh, I didn't even recall the Travolta Taco Bell connection until Julio pointed out to me in the episode for Swordfish. So, All right. Let's start. Um, we'll start with the most memorable, most forgettable. So We've got two awards to dole out here. The most memorable movie of The Summer of Travolta and the most forgettable movie of The Summer of Travolta.
1: How did you take this? Because I took it as like a very personal movie yes. that I will forget as soon as we're done with The Summer of Travolta versus movie that I will remember now that I probably wouldn't have remembered or wouldn't have thought of before doing this.
0: Yes. And I also incorporated into it the personal experience of us watching it right. during this. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So I'll start with my most forgettable movie of The Summer of Travolta. And that is Phenomenon. <laughs> if you have listened to the Summer of Travolta thus far, you guys know that I had a passionate disdain for basic. And because of that, I will remember it. Swordfish, we talked about at great length in Real Talk on that episode. It's really just vanilla nature. It's right. just kind of there. But there's some hilarious shit in that. <laughs> yes. Uh, the blowy hacking scene, and then... The writer of it just really having a true disdain for women, and apparently Halle Berry's agent did too. Just get in there, get some money, and the Travolta sex doll Um, phenomenon is just like it's a movie we watched. Literally every time I think about it, all I uh, or when I think about it, I should say all I can think of is the Phil Collins song, not Phil Collins. Phil Collins, Eric Clapton, shit. (laughs) It was that even that is forgettable. It was a mid nineties movie and. Wasn't that the same year as Tarzan, where Phil Collins had the, the hit? Probably. Anyway, yeah. it's just a movie that's there. And I, I literally, thinking about it right now, don't remember much outside of uh, Robert Duvall having to have an ass double. And John Travolta's goddamn mistake. Don't
1: say that. You don't know what it was. You know what it is, Nate. You don't know what it was. Don't say that. But tell us. It's a goddamn mistake is what it is. Sexy haircut. I always i'm not gonna defend phenomenon <laughs> but but I will say i i I've gone to that to the clip of the sexy haircut a couple of times in my life just to like make fun of something yeah i I'll look up the clip and send it to someone in just in the sense of ridiculous sexual scenes yeah i i I can't take it seriously, so that makes it a little that's it, fair you know just the whole idea and I think I mentioned it during the episode of. Oh, he had superpowers because he had brain cancer. <laughs> That's you know, it's a talking point. <laughs> it's a conversation starter.
0: So Julia, what was dubbed your most forgettable movie of the Summer Travolta?
1: Not just a movie that I will forget as soon as we're done with this, but a movie that if I don't forget it, I'm gonna do my best to forget. Uh look who's talking to. Ah, $177 a week. It's not my main job. You seem to spend most of
0: your time doing no, it. No, just knock it off. You just heard him say it's not his main job. Will you cut him some slack? Well, since I've been married, I haven't had an opportunity to fly. I mean, at the rate I'm going, I'll never work for an airline. At this rate, there are a lot
1: of things you won't be doing.
0: Oh, unlike your son, Stuart, who's uh, got a plethora of opportunities, regular
1: genius. There is one thing I remember from that movie and and.
0: The really but, good Travolta scene, exactly that I tried to somehow shoehorn into this, but I couldn't figure <laughs> out how.
1: Uh, everything else, I I've already forgotten mostly. I mean, okay, Rosie, I guess you know we we had Rosie,
0: Roseanne, Roseanne, yeah. I
1: was going to say Rosie O'Donnell, League of Our Own. No, what's her name in League the League of Their Own? What's it? What's her name in the movie?
0: Ruby? I, I don't remember. I thought it was Rose. Kirstie Alley. It was some. Yeah, Kirstie Alley was still hot.
1: Yes, but, I mean, I can go I can go watch her in something else and, you know, it's, yeah. it'll be a, a lot better. It's, I just, I mean, it's talk bad. about how, you know, I said that's like another 48 hours kind of bad. Mm-hmm. We're talented people wasted on a sequel that's just trying to squeeze Disclaimer, money. Disclaimer,
0: we do not put 48 hours and look who's talking <laughs> one on the same pedestal.
1: <laughs> but as far as, like, shitty sequels that are just trying to milk their audience. Soulless
0: cash grabs. Yep. But hey, I called Paul Schaefer out correctly. So, uh, most memorable movie of the summer of Travolta, uh, parentheses, I put grease in there because we watched it with your fiance and now wife. Uh, uh, and that was fun. Me and her, like, giving you shit about not liking it. <laughs> and then for you in the end to come back and be like, yeah, you know, music's catchy. It's not that bad. Uh, most memorable movie just coming from this experience is Blowout. We neither of us had seen Blowout and, uh, I was mad when it was over that I hadn't seen it yet because it was so fucking good. And it's definitely – the like I literally that week or the week after went out and got the Criterion. I mean the sale was going on, so I had to. But um, definitely out of all of them, that was the one that will stick with me the most as far as what we did covering this.
1: Uh, I'm on the same page. We're ready, <laughs> dude, we're like two categories in and we're already overlapping. <laughs> uh, yeah, Blowout was just – uh, a blind spot that needed to be addressed, so it was great that it was addressed during the summer of travolta and it was it was just as good as I'd been led to believe absolutely so, and that ending is amazing, so that's a lot of it has to do with the ending, I think, yeah, if they drop the ball at the ending, I probably would be able to shrug it off more easily, but this is just yeah, it's a good screen good yes, good highlight ah! that's a screen. Uh, Jack, no, more, more, more
0: on the screen. On, bring it up, bring it up. It's All possible. right, I'll give you a little bit more. The next
1: day, that's wonderful. What do you think, Chris? Well, uh, okay, uh, wait, wait, uh, on the beginning, you know, it's a good scream. It's a
0: good, it's good All right, so we're moving on to the supporting actor, actress category. We'll start with worst supporting Travolta actor. Or actress, uh, there's a tie for this. Bruce Willis and Roseanne Barr, and look who's talking too. <laughs>
1: okay, you don't remember Roseanne's name in the movie. Do you remember Bruce Willis's? Mikey. Mikey, right? Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. Hey, Mikey, gotta go to the bathroom. Whatever yeah, but the, the peepee. Fuck. Yeah, um, I understand it's only voice acting, but it's the laziest. Like, <laughs> it's so bad. Like we talked about it in the episode. I guess they just told the kids, or they just let the kids ramble on and then tried to sync up like the yeah. actors' voices to it. Neither of them could have given a shit. And oh, God, that movie's like skin crawlingly bad. We, we've done movies in this that were two and a half hours long. Pulp Fiction's 247, 245, something like that. And uh, Lucas talking to is 80 minutes, like 83 minutes. And God,
1: it drags. And it's like, I mean, out of those 87 minutes or whatever. How much of that is just kid-centric scenes? Exactly. the worst. Because if it was... I can watch 87 minutes of Travolta and Kirstie Alley just kind of like slumming it and it would be still somewhat entertaining. But the kids are there constantly. Mikey,
0: this is your sister, Julie. Hiya, Julie. Welcome to the outside. I'm your big brother, Mikey. I'm going to be in charge of your life for the next two or three years. Smacking you around, getting you in shape, teaching you things. Anything you need, don't be afraid to ask. Who's this asshole? No, no. Say no more. Of course you're tired after all that traveling, especially that long trip down the birth canal. Stop. You're killing me. I can hear the disdain and disenchantment in Bruce Willis's tone. Like, I can see him being mad that he has to do something like that with Roseanne Bark and hear the laziness and, like, the inflection of happiness of, like, I'm getting paid to do this shit. It's so bad. And that's, like, that is. It's almost unforgivable that they somehow figured out how to get Travolta for 30 seconds of that movie because that movie does not deserve that Elvis dance sequence that oh, he no, does. Oh,
1: no, it doesn't. It's,
0: it's, but, yeah, it, it, this was, like, one of the first awards I could fill out easily. I was just, like, <laughs> done. Um, I'm hoping you're not going to say Sonny from Greece.
1: <laughs> if it makes you feel better, my runner-up was uh, <laughs> Roseanne Barr from Lucas Talking 2. But... Yes. Uh, I even looked up his name. Michael Tucci.
0: Oh, you fuckface. <laughs> Sonny from
1: Greece. I I don't get it, man. I don't get how he ends up with the hottest girl in the in the cast. But also, I don't get why you think it's he's he's, funny. he's Fucking hilarious! He's not. <laughs> he is the worst
0: of the worst. You will get a slice of pizza. Aren't you supposed to be in homeroom right now? I was just going for a walk. You were just dawdling, weren't you? Yes, ma'am. That is no way to start a new semester, Mister Latieri. Perhaps a session of banging erasers after school would put you on the right track. Yes, yes
1: ma'am. <laughs> Are you just going to stand there all day? No, ma'am.
0: I mean, yes, ma'am. I mean, I'm Which
1: is it? Yes or no? No,
0: ma'am. Good. Then move. Yes, ma'am. God bless you, actually looked up his name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Show some respect. I don't think he was trying to be bad. We
0: take the Travolti seriously.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, also, I mean, you talk about laziness. This is not a lazy performance, it's just a performance that's just like nails on a chalkboard. This dude in his mid 30s acting it, it, like being generous yes acting like like he's a teenager and just being really italian <laughs>
0: <laughs> even to the point where he like murmurs italian like <laughs> profanities under his breath
1: yeah that's oh dude it's he looks so greasy and he
0: does well every in of that movie does yeah they were filming that that's one of the things i think we talked about briefly in the episode Like, no fans or air conditioning, and everyone's just, like, sweating profusely the whole time. Some
1: some people can handle it
0: better than others. (laughs) The budget was so low. All right, so, you know, other side of the coin, we got the best Travolta supporting actor or actress. Uh, My honorable mention here was the one-two punch combo of Nick Cage and Gina Gershon and Face Off. Because Nick Cage, I mean, I felt we needed to pay some respects to the man. (laughs) face off is awesome he's great in it it's that movie is a perfect assimilation of Travolta being Travolta and Nick Cage being Nick Cage but still somehow figuring out a way to be awesome right and Gina Gershon I mean god damn late 90s mid 90s Gina Gershon one of the hottest women ever put all that aside she's really excellent in that role she has she in she
1: gets she gets a really poignant moment by the end you know when the- she dies not knowing what's really going on.
0: Yeah, and I think my point with her is at that point in time, and truthfully, you could even make the argument today. She's utilized just as a look at me role. Right. A lot of her casting is that, which is fine. You can pull it. I mean, Channing Tatum's the same way. It works both ways. Um, but for like an, a high octane action movie, she actually gets to deliver some good lines and is really she gets enjoyable. to kick ass. Yeah, exactly. She, and then. God bless her, made that weird decision to open-mouth kiss her brother, and it's still one of the most talked-about things from that movie. So that one two-punch I gave it to. Uh, I had to do some deep digging because I felt there were so many strong candidates. This. Oh, yeah, definitely. It would be way too cliche to say Samuel Jackson from Pulp Fiction.
1: That's how I felt, too, yeah.
0: Even though it's possible. So I was looking for someone who had a head-and-shoulders-above-the-rest performance in a movie that we covered that may have not necessarily had any interactions with Travolta directly, but raised the stock of the film that they were in by their performance. And that was Mr. Corny Collins, James Marsden, (laughs) and Hairspray. (laughs) 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 Looking back at all we covered... Yeah, he has I think that was the thing. He I don't think he has any interaction with John Travolta in that.
1: I think yeah, not directly. They're on the same set, I guess by the end, but
0: but he was one of the only actors or characters throughout this whole thing that I could point to and say that movie would have not as been as good if he wasn't in it. And he probably has 20 minutes of screen time in that if that. But goddamn, he's so good in that. He's so funny. Uh, I was re-listening to some of the soundtracks of the movies we did when I was putting this together, and the you can't stop the beat like when the shit falls down, and you just hear him in the background. Live television, ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing like it. Like, he, he's so good. So yeah, my Travolta for Best Supporting Actor goes to James Marsden in Hairspray.
1: See, I went the other way. In order to help me call so many of the candidates, I was like, I'm going to restrict myself to people that actually support Travolta okay and and so so somebody like James Marsden or you know 90 percent of the cast of Hairspray would be out of the running already because they don't interact with Edna directly right? no
0: Christopher Walken in Pulp Fiction none, none no
1: Walken in Pulp Fiction but technically you know and I consider him for Hairspray oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they're married they, they interacted they, they have they have good chemistry uh but no and I did have Nick Cage as my honorable mention Um uh, I, I talked myself out of it, out of out of giving it to him, because I'm like, is he really supporting Travolta or is Travolta supporting him? They're really, like, top build, both of them, I think. You know, yeah. so I'll, I'll use that That's as my excuse. That's one of those excuse. movies
0: that, like, yeah, you can say there's two leads. In right.
1: It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I really wanted to give it to Forrest Whitaker just because, you know, he's being a He was dude. a good sport. <laughs> he was a good sport. I mean... Two times, uh, as far as I know, with Travolta, and both of them are movies that one is terrible and the other one is your most forgettable movie. (laughs) uh, But no, I ended up going with somebody that I actually, that I love in the movie, and I think, much like with James Martin, like you said, the movie wouldn't be the same if they'd cast someone else, uh, and that is Rene Russo in Get Shorty, Ah. which is... Especially in this this last time that we watched it. This might be like the third or fourth time that I watched the movie. And I really appreciated the fact that she's just calm. You know, everybody else is wacky and has a lot of shit going on. And she is the mature role, the mature person there holding it together. And yet she still manages to be funny. And and, and she's, not, she's not a drag. Usually these type of characters will, will drag things out in a comedy. But no, here she is just... She holds her We're own, fine. more than holds her own, yeah, she, she actually makes it better because she's there. All her reactions to all the shit that's going around, it, it, around her, it's, it's... All that stuff is great.
0: When you turn to the camera and you say to the alien mother
1: that her time on earth is finished, Joan Crawford on her best day wished that she had had in her day the emotion, the intensity that you had in that scene.
0: Well, that was a good
1: scene. I mean for a horror movie. No, for any movie. I know I'm better than what I've been doing all these years, walking around in fuck-me-clumps-in-a-tank-talk waiting until it was time to scream. Yeah, but what a scream. Oh, yeah, it's a real gift. Look, all I'm saying is it'd be nice to get the chance to say one great line. You know, like in that great Betty Davis movie, Cabin in the Cotton, where she walks up to the guy on the porch, gives him a flirty look, and says, I kiss you, but I, I just watched watch my hair. Uh, great line.
0: Yeah, my original list had her and Gandolfini from that on it.
1: Yeah, Gandolfini is good too, no. but I I think Gandolfini doesn't get enough screen time, I no. think, in that movie. he He's still memorable, but Rene yeah. Russo like, carries that until... to like the, to,
0: Not to discredit Gandolfini, but you could have put someone else in that role, and it would have been the same. Rene Russo. Which, which
1: they did not Be Cool. They <laughs> they just gave it to The Rock. Oh,
0: we'll get to Be Cool. <laughs> All right, moving right along here to best Travolta action sequence. I mean... We had quite
1: oh, also known as the the face off award.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the, the closing sequ- sequence of face off. I was gonna try to give like some like nice introduction of you know the Miss America. Here they are. But well, I mean, I mean, there's the scene in fucking Swordfish where he pulls a gun out of nowhere and just starts like mowing cars down.
1: Every action scene in uh, in Swordfish is ridiculous. Yes. And and I really I consider the opening, the opening. is awesome. Yeah, yeah, but that's not really a Travolta no action sequence.
0: No, yeah, the closing sequence from the church shootout to Travolta just killing an innocent boat owner for no reason (laughs) and to him getting shot with a spear gun at the end and then singing Lone Train A-Comin' or whatever he's singing to himself.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's a capital crime to try to kill an the Uh, bossy. Yes. Ah, yes. The penalty. What? The penalty is death.
0: (laughs) Do you have the closing sequence of face-off? No, I have
1: uh, earlier in the movie, maybe halfway through the movie, the attack on on, uh, on Dietrich's compound oh, or whatever, Okay, which has, you know, somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> it has the open-mouth kiss between siblings. It has the, the super artsy shot of Travolta and Nick Cage looking at in each other mirror. in the mirror. Oh, yeah,
0: so good. I mean, I enjoy boning your wife, but uh, well, let's face it, we both... Like it better the other way, yes. So why don't we just trade back? You can't get back what you've taken from me. Oh well. Plan B. Let's just kill each other.
1: The death of uh, of Castor Troy's brother, uh, and then like, sir, why are you so upset? It was just it's just Pollock Troy.
0: <laughs> and then he kills that guy. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just. It has everything. uh. So, yeah, I gave it to that. And I consider... I wanted to do something maybe from Get Shorty, but I don't think they're action sequences. You know, it's just Travolta punching uh, Gandolfini in
0: the balls. And I almost gave it to Blowout, but... The, I thought about the ending of the Blowout. The closing sequence, but, like, it's so morbid and off-putting <laughs> that I was like, no, let's face off. You know, the good guy wins, so... Uh, yeah, and then blowout. I mean, there's the logistics of, like, he almost mowed hundreds of people down in a parade, <laughs> and they leave him unattended in his ambulance, and he gets out. All right, we go from uh, the, action, the action-packed, the action the violent, to the light, the musical. The best Travolta musical number, and God knows we covered a lot of them. Unfortunately, we did not do Bolt, so I cannot officially nominate or select I Thought I Lost You by Miley Cyrus and John Travolta. Uh my pick for best Travolta musical number is the entire closing sequence of Grease, the you're the one that I want and we go together medley that they do. Really? Fuck yeah.
1: I thought you were going to go with uh the 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 dance, the the dance competition.
0: Oh, Born to Hand Jive? Yeah. Uh it was close, but I feel this more so than the other scene has John Travolta saying, "Whoa, <laughs> So and they fucking fly a Cadillac into the <laughs> sky at the end, or whatever the fuck that car is. I mean, that summarizes that movie. And I also told you, I I marked so hard for that because. So much of it is just long static shots and just thinking of how much choreography and how fucking good everyone is in that. Travolta's dancing. and
1: I guess that, that sequence does have that extra that we love. Yes. The guy in the green shirt. The green shirt extra <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: with the pompadour. Now, I mean, obviously, we've talked about on the recording. Yeah, the the you're the one that I want. Change everything about yourself and the guy will like you. But... I think that encapsulates that movie. I love that movie. I love those two songs, and I think it's built that way. It culminates in that. All the good dancing and musical numbers you have in that movie build to that moment. Not to say that there weren't some hairspray and you know these other things that we covered that I definitely didn't factor in. Julio, the best musical number that Travolta had during the summer. It's
1: not from Greece. I can tell you that.
0: I would expect nothing <laughs> less.
1: I thought about it. I thought about "Born to Hand Jive" for like five seconds just to humor you, well, it, it, I, and because really, I I've listened to that that song a lot. Well, that's so, also
0: that's Sha Na That's not John Travolta singing,
1: right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I was thinking musical performance, uh, like number. musical number. You know, it's yeah. like he's there. He's he's dancing, uh, but uh, actually, the one that came really close to getting it was uh, from Hairspray. His number with uh, with Walking. I was going to say with Harvey Keitel. Oh, gosh. <laughs> with, I wish. Yeah, his number uh, with Chris Walken. Um, you're timeless to me. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, you're timeless to me. I, I really like it. It's I think it's really sweet that they pull it off, even though, as we discussed, it's kind of distracting, the makeup on Travolta. Yeah. But you still connect to it emotionally. So yeah. that's, that's a hell of an achievement. But really, and I was trying to n- not give my hand away earlier, the Elvis... Musical moment oh, from shit. from my most forgettable movie of the summer with Travolta. That is this diamond in the <laughs> mountain of shit. That is, uh, <laughs> look who's talking to. I think it qualifies as a musical number. It does,
0: much like I was. I was honestly expecting your answer to be the um, "You Never Can Tell" the Chuck Berry number from Pulp Fiction. I thought that's what you were going to say.
1: Much like uh, Sam Jackson as Best Supporting Too Travolta. Cliche. Yeah, I was like, no, that's that's it's great, but
0: it's very fair, and it is a diamond in this big pile of doo doo that is that movie. It's um,
1: it's 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 amazing. You see Travolta come alive.
0: Yes, you know, at that point. 45, 50 minutes or something, you've been watching him. And then, and then, like, the whole movie comes alive. It's even, yeah. like, well shot, like, the silhouette of him dancing yeah. and shit. Yeah. That's a very respectable pick. Yeah. But yeah. It's. The, the unfortunate thing is, I can't even tell the listeners, just go watch that on YouTube. You can't no, find it. Yeah, yeah. There's no scene of it. <laughs> so you'll have to just brave the, the conditions of, look who's talking to. Trust me, it's worth it. And then it ends, and then. He's right back to where he was.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, just just do it for your friends. Find the movie on, uh, where was it, Amazon or Amazon, whatever. Yeah. You can fast forward to this moment, record it on your phone, <laughs> and then you can just show your friends. See?
0: <laughs> I
1: told you. Maybe record a little bit of Travolta before and after so they can see how it how changes. dead <laughs> behind the eyes is. Yeah.
0: And then someone turns over the, the burner. All right, so we're definitely getting into the hot and heavy here. Uh, I already used the meat and potatoes uh <laughs> euphemism, so getting to the nitty gritty. We've got the two uh two big awards, I guess the four big awards left, but uh two coins that we gotta flip here. So we've got the best and worst Travolta performance. We'll start of course with the worst. Uh the worst Travolta performance in the summer of Travolta be cool. I'd... I a hundred percent agree with okay. you. Okay, <laughs> <gonna>, like <laughs> I mean, we watched.
1: Be cool doesn't have that moment where he comes alive for no, like two and it minutes. Was
0: also, clearly, right after he had like a facelift or some facial work done, so like he doesn't emote, he doesn't care. Like even in basic, it's like he's got the scene where he's got a shirt off. He's like, "Fuck yeah, I worked hard for this!" Like, <laughs> and you know, he, the closing scene where he's himself, but like, be cool. There's nothing to say that's John Travolta.
1: Right. It's even worse because. You've seen him play this character before, and he was so good. Yeah. So now it's just on top of everything. He's just solely in the memory (laughs) of a previous movie.
0: And especially because we ended on that, I was just like, (laughs) fuck, man. I watched all this good stuff, and now there's this. Is that just (laughs) (laughs) Tarun?
1: Roman, look at me.
0: The next time you send someone over to kill me, make sure I'm home. Have a nice day. So, yours is the same pick? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Chili Palmer, in parenthesis, be cool. Be cool. So, of course, leads us to best Travolta performance. You know, as I talked about getting away from the cliches and not wanting to play into that, <laughs> it'd be too obvious. I just, in no right mind, could not say Pulp Fiction. Same. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just, how could you not say Vincent Vega?
0: <laughs> it's everything. Uh, as much as I love Saturday Night Fever, as much as I love Grease, as much as I loved Blowout. I considered Blowout. But still, this is this all time actor at his, mo- it's not desperate, but at his most hungry. And also most polished.
1: Yeah, he's he's so vulnerable. When I was thinking about this, that was the main thing that I kept coming back to, like him blowing the kiss. That was like, and that's not, that's not, that, it's not like that moment encompasses Vincent Vega, but I think it encompasses like the spirit of the performance. Yes. You know, it's like, he's a mobster. He, he kills people. He's a badass. He's a great dancer. But then also, you know, by the time that you get to the end of his little chapter, yeah. it was like he's a guy
0: and it's just it's so perfect it's this perfect storm that you do not get ever (laughs) so that it happened this great actor who's hungry willing to put in the performance this writer who writes this role specifically for him this movie that's kind of out there and it's just this once in a lifetime performance that i honestly i agree with tarantino couldn't have been done by anybody else but john travolta which is weird because he was in that the doldrums at that point in time but like I said, when we were recording it, the Mia Wallace-Vincent Vegas segment of that movie is possibly, to me, one of the most perfect pieces of film ever put together. And I was talking about the other day, when he's she's ODN and he's talking to Eric Stoltz and he just drops her on the lawn. Do you know whose wife this is? <laughs> I will be forced to tell Mr. Wallace that you refuse
1: to help her. I, I think that's something else, that after this 13-movie mini-marathon... I even appreciate that performance more than I did before we started.
0: Somehow didn't think it was possible. But yeah,
1: yeah, it's just because I've seen him do so much, so many different things. And then to find out that, well, this was just... It's not that, oh, Travolta was playing a version of himself. No. No, no, he he was playing a character and he just, you know... It's even more talented than what I thought before.
0: That was part of my thing with, as much as I love Saturday Night Fever, it was between that and Pulp Fiction... But Saturday Night Fever, if there was an award for the most Travolta, Travolta, it's definitely <laughs> Saturday Night Fever, so I couldn't give it there. But that's exactly right because all the good we've talked about throughout this whole journey, he put that all together for that. Right. The dancing, the overacting, you know, the facial expressions, all that. And I mean, when you think of Pulp Fiction, which is one of the most popular and, um, like I said on the episode, one of the most parodied and quoted movies of all time as far as it comes to pop culture. And that's a big statement. And to say that when you think of that movie, 95% of people are going to say they think of John Travolta. I think that's really an indication of his power in that movie. But it's one of those, it's easy when you see those things. It's kind of like the first Rocky, uh, not to compare the two necessarily, but on one platform of... You think of like this really overdramatic and you, you think all these quotes and all these scenes and things like that that you just tend to forget how good Sylvester Stallone is in it right and how good the movie is it takes watching Pulp Fiction every once in a while to remember how fucking good John Travolta is
1: yes it. and and really in the context of the summer of Travolta too it just makes you realize oh even though I know it's great at some point I started taking Vincent Vega for granted yes it's like no, it's still, it's
0: still <laughs> awesome. Yeah, like when we watched that, it was a Saturday, and we, were, when it was over, we were both just like, "God damn, God damn you, John Travolta." got you your Malibu? Oh man, you know what some fucker did the
1: other day? What? Fucking keyed it. Oh man, that's fucked up.
0: Tell me about it. I had it in storage for three years. It was out five days. some dickless piece of shit fuck with it they should be fucking killed then no trial
1: no jury straight to execution Boy, i wish i could have caught him doing it i'd have given anything to catch that asshole doing it it'd have been worth him doing it just so i could have caught him what a fucker what's more chicken shit than fucking with a man's automobile i mean don't fuck with another man's vehicle don't do it it's just against the rules thank you thank you
0: So we uh, cleared the deck with those. We both had the same picks.
1: Okay, now it's where it gets interesting.
0: This is definitely where it gets interesting. So we have our bottom three and top three movies from the summer of Travolta. I'll start with the bottom three counting down from three. So third worst to worst. Right. Battlefield Earth, Be Cool, and Basic. I know some people may be surprised that we both just don't have Battlefield Earth as default, but let me explain.
1: Please explain.
0: Battlefield Earth, Travolta cares. Yes. He's going for it, and what's his name? Robert Pepper? Barry Pepper. Barry Pepper. Pepper. All right. Reginald Pepper. There's things in there that people are going for. Tig from Sons of Anarchy. It's not a good movie at all. But there's passion behind it. Yes. Still to this day where you know Travolta thinks it would have worked and all this shit. Be Cool is very, very, very bad. It's a bad John Travolta movie, but as everyone I talked to that ever seen this The Rock's good. And I thought Cedric the Entertainer's good too. Yes. But movie makes no sense. Bad, really, really unenjoyable time watching a movie. Basic made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> There's
1: I just still. It's been at least a month since we watched the movie and, and and recorded the episode, and I still find so much amusement in how angry it made you.
0: <laughs> it's so fucking bad. It like infuriated me, and that's the test of a movie. That's why I couldn't say it was most forgettable, because when it comes up, like my blood pressure rises. Yeah, uh,
1: Tom, it's Bill. I need you to come down here. Something happened. I need your help.
0: Sergeant Nathan West leads
1: the U.S. Special Forces' most elite unit. My Rangers are warriors. Deception is their most dangerous weapon.
0: My Rangers
1: are gods. And 24 hours ago, he led his men into the jungle and disappeared. The guys like West don't just vanish off the face of the earth. They disappear for a reason.
0: I know. Because he trained me. Why was Giovanni Ribisi fucking talking like Buffalo Bob? Like, why were the, all these different stories? Why were drugs and the cartel involved? Why Sam Jackson? I mean, that is the only redeeming thing of that movie to me is Sam Jackson cast as the drill sergeant, which who never fucking figured that shit out, right? God, it's so like the the fuck fight scene where they're dancing and like I was
1: about to bring that up,
0: yeah, and wings. Is the bad guy, but he's really not. And you know, I almost—we'll uh, get to the Taco Bell awards here shortly. <laughs> I also gave it the five. I almost gave it the seven-layer burrito because it's there's so many layers and twists to it. But it's not worthy of being compared to anything on the Taco Bell menu. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Um, Fuck you, basic.
1: You know, I I agree with everything you said, but it's not in my bottom three. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good God. Well, I know, okay, I know Look Who's Talking to will be there.
1: Yeah. The,
0: the, I think
1: just to close the book on basic, sort of, uh, I think in my case, it, for some reason, it doesn't make me angry. I just, to me, it's just bad. I mean, you're talking about The Room. I think this is like on that level of entertainment where it's bad, but it's kind of like entertaining how how bad it is. How these are talented talent people doing something that I just, I can't believe that they did that. But they're going for it, so I guess that's the difference with Be Cool, right? Be Cool, yeah. Travolta's just being lazy, and here I th- I see Travolta like having fun. He's legitimately having fun. He he also, gets to play uh, Tom Cruise and a few good men. I think it made that comparison. And- you did,
0: and I forgot to mention another thing. I hold against Be Cool is uh, "Crying" by Aerosmith. That was oh my yeah, favorite Aerosmith song. They fucking butcher it <laughs> in that movie.
1: Once again, we talked a lot about, Chris Nimb- about Be Cool, and didn't mention Chris Nimb- until just now.
0: Talk about forgettable. Oh, I mean it, that would be a problem if there wasn't fucking eighty million people in that movie. So, um, let's hear it, Julio. Okay,
1: so once just like you, from uh, from bad to really really bad. Uh, to worse. Yeah, <laughs> the aforementioned "Be Cool" okay. would be my my bad, followed by "Battlefield Earth," and Perceptual. then look who's talking to. Oh, okay. Uh,
0: it, it, I didn't know it was going to make the the top dog.
1: Fuck that movie, dude. That's just like, even with the Travolta, with the Travolta coming alive three minutes or so, it's still, it's just so bad. Out of all the movies we did, it's the one that, I don't know how you would get me to watch it again.
0: All right. I think I'm going to try it. Yeah. Yeah. It's- oh, I got to be honest with myself here. I'm a failure as a big brother. I mean, look at him. And it. I'm going, I'm going, I'm pitting myself i try and teach her how to crawl and she's bouncing around like a cucker spaniel that's me with basic but god damn <laughs> dude look who's talking it's not even an hour and a half
1: yeah but that i i don't find it funny cute anything no. i i will google a screenshot of the crazy uh roseanne baby the, just to show
0: people the demon animatronic
1: and, and i'll wait until one of our listeners does what i suggested and records the elvis that was <laughs> the thing. Yeah, and
0: i couldn't even use that because we have an audio podcast obviously so i think we used mel brooks give me that <laughs> pp <pee-pee. Like, laughs> yes uh so it's really bad
1: yeah I, i'm just not everything else you know i'll even watch battlefield earth again with somebody who hasn't seen it i mean it's
0: so i guess here's the thing I didn't feel bad for Travolta in Basic. Did you feel bad for Travolta and look who's talking to? I
1: I don't know that I felt bad.
0: Here's, I think part of it is that you know what happens
1: after, you know, you know, yeah. Pulp Fiction is in his future, so it's just like, oh, it's an example of where he was, if it, it maybe it even makes you feel good for him that he was able to get out of there, Come back from such, <laughs> right, from the muck. I, I I did feel the despair. I mean, watching that that performance, watching that movie, I could. I could feel that man, that's that's a really like bad place to be yeah. <laughs> as an actor. But, I,
0: I vividly remember watching the first Meet the Parents with uh Family Christmas or something. And I remember my mom going, uh oh. it was like right <laughs> when it came out. Oh, uh, poor Robert De Niro
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's the good one. <laughs> Is it? They get worse as they go oh, uh, do they? Yeah. Yeah, Mid the Parents, I mean, I haven't rewatched it since I think the first time, but it was all right. I've seen the sequels and they're just, Diminishing Returns doesn't doesn't do it justice.
0: But then uh, Bob De Niro had his Pulp Fiction and Silver Linings playbook, so (laughs) it all worked out. He had Uh, the dance scene with Jennifer Lawrence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, as far as the other two, I mean, Battlefield Earth, exactly what you said. At least they're going for it, and it's just kind of... Even more mind blowing, I think. Just, uh,
0: it's just like, what the fuck,
1: right? Uh, and then, Be Cool has its moments. They don't save the movie. They don't come even close to saving the no. movie. But Cedric's speech, The Rock, I am cool. Yeah, yeah. The trailer, I guess.
0: Harvey Keitel, <laughs> randomly,
1: as a, as a, as a trivia answer yes. <laughs> somewhere down the line.
0: Exactly. I think that bummed me out more than anything. It's like it was this and Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Continuing on with the Travoltes here, we're going to go to the bonus awards before we get to the, the final category, the best picture of the summer of Travolta. So, these were recommended by Julio. Uh, the, these first two, excuse me. Throughout the summer of Travolta, we had the Travolta penises, the mini-penises of Travolta, and what, what movies mean what penis. So, we'll be cutting down the top five Travolta penises, and also... The Travolta Taco Bell menu, basically what you're getting when you order something.
1: Quite possibly the classiest segment we've ever done (laughs) here in The Contrarians.
0: And we'll kickstart it off with the hottest Travolta and hottest Thurman award. Yes. So the hottest Uma Thurman award, which I hope we're in agreement on this.
1: (laughs) Oh, we'll see. I Uh, I wasn't sure.
0: Well, she has an Aerosmith tattoo and uh, be cool. So I'm going to go with Pulp Fiction. Yummy. You think I can have some of that? my guest i gotta know what a five dollar shake tastes
1: like you can use my straw i don't have cooties
0: yeah but maybe i do Cookies i can handle really oh dude she's so sexy in that movie i agree but she's but... super eccentric and like kind of kooky and the hair really is really attractive a
1: little too hipstery for me
0: i mean yeah she looked like that was a really cool exotic look at the time. Now she just looks like any girl in Austin.
1: To be fair, and, and this might say more about me than Uma Thurman or, or even John Travolta, I guess. But I really, to me, like the hottest is at the very end of the the Mia and Vincent segment, when she's just like, just she's, she's done. Whoa. <laughs> But I'm like, that that's real. <laughs> that's very attractive. That's just all... I have a shot. <laughs> yeah, all the bullshit just fell away and, and this looks like a Pneuma Thurman I I can I can connect with.
0: Um I mean to pay more praise to Pulp Fiction that is perfect. How she finally tells right. him the joke at the end and oh, he's yeah. just such he's so broken he can't even respond.
1: Uh but even so, I think uh what's her name? Edie Athens. Is
0: that an Aerosmith tattoo on your back? <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know, I followed them on tour, right? Didn't know that. I thought Joe Carrey okay. was so hot. Yeah. <laughs> so you were grouping? No, man. Much worse. I did their laundry. They traveled with their own washer and dryer. I did everything except Stephen's stage clothes. You know, nice to send those out. She is gorgeous. And yeah, I she's think, very pretty. I think that I'm giving her props because, you know, next to Travolta. There, like, You know, it's like, I mentioned it in the episode, and it makes me sound superficial as hell, but still. She aged well, and he did, like, it's almost like he was trying to he threw not the be towel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, She, I, I had forgotten about the Aerosmith tramp stamp. Not, not, I, I, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, it doesn't like, get me hot and bothered, but... <laughs> All right, I I think my, my Uma Thurman is is uh, is the one from Be Cool.
0: So for the hottest Travolta award, this will this, this is uh, going to be a point of controversy uh, <laughs> because I realized the swordfish sex doll is not eligible, <laughs> so I had to pick a, a legitimate Travolta. Uh, look who's talking To is the most tra- attractive Travolta.
1: So is this is this just are you just focusing on the on the on the Elvis dance number? No.
0: Oh. I mean, he's got the Springsteen thing, the white shirt with the blue jeans. He's got oh, you, the scruff. You and... just
1: like uh, I mean, he's b- a blue-collar Travolta. A
0: blue-collar Travolta, man. He, he's a good-looking cat. I mean, always and forever, but in uh, here in particular. I mean, this is where he shined. This was his George Clooney up in the air, the the grizzled vet look. Mike, what do you say we go out and get some Carvel? I got the time if you got the diapers.
1: Come on, uh-huh. buddy. I respectfully disagree (laughs) sir (laughs) i don't think travolta's looked hottest than and get shorty do
0: you ever stop to think what would happen if i had a heart attack look at me harry i'm looking at you i want you to keep looking at me right here well that's what i'm doing that was good too he definitely had like the dad vibe and everything he's he's
1: i mean it's not just the way he looks i guess but also the behavior I think
0: that... He carries himself with such a... He's just so cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. He's just so cool in Get Shorty. So that makes him more attractive, even. Uh, he's got... The, the slick back hair is working for him there mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't work and be cool. <laughs> uh, he's He seems in shape. Not He's not boasting about it like in BASIC. Yeah, Like, I was going to pick Basic just to fuck with you. But... Well,
0: even so, in Basic, he has the towel, like, the, the wrap is, like, down to the pube line, and he's clearly done some manscaping. Which, God bless him, I don't even look that good now, let alone 20 years from now, so. Uh,
1: but, yeah, Chili Palmer, in parentheses, gets shorty.
0: Thank you. So, the Travolta penises, this was all just, like a big joke that got way out of hand. I think I mentioned it like twice and it got away from us about ranking the different stages as a man, you know, you have the different penises.
1: I I wonder if we approach this differently because I mean, there is a way that we were doing it while we're doing the episodes. Yes. And that's not exactly what I did with mine. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like I wrote mine kind of as advertisements. <laughs> we'll see. I, I don't know. Do yours and then we'll do mine and, It'll be really funny if we have an overlap.
0: <laughs> so basically, I just like if the theme of a movie was the type of erection that you had, <laughs> it's what I went by. So, poor Hemplo, the phenomenon is when you break off from the party and go hook up with a really, really smoking hot partner, and you have like this phenomenal, like, all timer. And then no one saw it, so no one believes you. <laughs> and then you come back to the bar and you're like, did anyone else see that? And they say, what are you talking about, man? The The be cool is when you have like a 65% erection. <laughs> it's like a half softy that can still, it can still go, but there's no payoff. It's just kind of there.
1: You're just like dead behind the eyes.
0: Yeah. It's more or less to service the other partner and just kind of get it over with for yeah, like, you.
1: They want a sequel, so it's okay.
0: Yeah. The Battlefield Earth is when you're super into it, but the audience <laughs> isn't. That you think it's like the best of all time, but your target audience is not biting. Uh, the blowout is when it looks amazing, but it ends up creating more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> And then the basic is when it looks incredible, it's like an all-time rager, but it leads to nothing. <laughs> There's just nothingness there.
1: Uh, <laughs> I I need a minute to compose myself. <laughs> Behind all our uh, highfalutin film criticism, we're just all about penis We're jokes. just dudes, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Dick jokes. <laughs> uh Okay, so uh, we have, I mean, sort of like two overlaps, two and a half overlaps, but it doesn't matter because the descriptions are different. Uh, I started with uh, the basic, which is your standard direction with a twist <laughs> <laughs> or more than one twist. <laughs> uh, the blowout, uh, which is guaranteed to create good screams.
0: Oh. Dude, these are like condom slogans. (laughs) Uh,
1: Then we have uh, the Turtle from Battlefield Earth. Okay. uh, Which is like grungy, unkempt, but you gotta try it at least once. (laughs) Uh, Then I have the Caster Troy from Face Off. Thank you. Which is uh, circumcised using the latest technology, (laughs) Uh, and it's unpredictably emotional. It can go off at the top of a head. <laughs> yes. Uh and then finally uh the Edna Turnblad from uh from Hairspray. Oh boy. Just big, bold, and beautiful. And you wait until you hear it sing.
0: <laughs> Jesus dude. This is like a diary of a little boy's boners.
1: <laughs> oh, that was that was great.
0: Oh that was we've we've peaked here on the contrarians. In which direction I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and then this was uh, again. I m- apparently, I made a Taco Bell analogy on the Swordfish episode, which I have listened back to. I'm certainly going to out myself as a fucking fatty, fat, fat by this category. <laughs> so, the Travolta Taco Bell menu you've got the cheesy Gordita Crunch, which is Pulp Fiction. It's amazing everywhere.
1: <laughs> no matter In- where you bite, inside, you go-
0: outside, it's amazing. Uh, the Crunchwrap Supreme I gave to Get Shorty, which is this kind of hard, just kind of plain-looking exterior, but then when you get into it, it's like, oh, God, there's so much greatness everywhere in here. <laughs> the Beefy Five-Layer Burrito, which is Hairspray, which, again, like, it just looks like a visual feast, and once <laughs> you're done with it, you're just filled with warmth and happiness. <laughs> uh, the Nachos Bell Grande go to Saturday Night Fever. Looks great. Tastes great. And then you're just left hating yourself. (laughs) And the Baja Blast, which of course goes to Swordfish.
1: Oh, really? I thought it was going to be Battle for Earth.
0: No, no, no. The Baja Blast looks good. And then, like, upon the first sip, it's like, oh, this is great. And then by the end of it, you're fucking sick of it and you want it to be over.
1: You're like, fuck you, Jackman. (laughs) Uh,.
0: I think that's a good comparison. The first sip of a Baja Blast is the opening action scene from fucking Swordfish.
1: You rub your hands. You sit back. <laughs> put in your cup holder. Here we go, have a baby. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, she's good, isn't she?
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, my my Travolta Taco Bell menu: uh, the nacho fries, bell grande. Ooh. Uh, Their face off. Because, you know, are they nachos? Or are they fries? <laughs> they just...
0: <laughs> what are we dealing with
1: here? Yeah, exactly. The technology employed to create this doesn't <laughs> make sense, but but it's a good time. Um, the, uh, the fiery Doritos Locos Tacos. My God. Swordfish. Ooh. Because that's, like, that, that's like a crazy-ass movie, and that's a crazy-ass like, item. Uh, maybe if you're into spicy stuff... You know you'll enjoy it more, but I'm not. That's not my thing.
0: It is. It's it's like the most America type shit. Which swordfish? Yeah, (laughs)
1: let's let's kill those terrorists (laughs) by stealing money from our own government. Is Uh, that a woman
0: get naked? (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, the three layer nachos, like I mentioned at the swordfish episode, that'll be pulp fiction. You know, three main story strands. Okay. Three layers of nachos, okay, goodness, you mix them around to make sure that it all
0: it's not too much, no, no,, no. Yeah. it's
1: just it's good, and halfway through Travolta gets killed, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine, it'll come back at the end, <laughs> uh, the chalupa supreme Saturday night fever, okay, because you know it's like it's a cool shell, you know all the dancing all the stuff, and then by the time you get to the end, like you said, <laughs> you kind <gonna> hate yourself. <laughs> It get it gets ugly at the end, yes. Uh, and then finally, this is not a current item, but uh, oh god, I, I, I've been led. We're to going believe, back. <laughs> yeah, I've been led to believe that this this was very popular once upon a time. Uh, the choco tacos.
0: Oh, the choco taco is a thing, but you have to go. To, you can no longer get it at Taco Bell. It's
1: is it is it like the, the secret menu ran out? No. Oh, oh now you choco can get
0: Choco taco, taco is like a, you can go to fucking H E B and get like a bundle of them. Uh,
1: yeah, but that's not. I mean, that's not Taco Bell choco tacos.
0: Okay. Right, like I the guess ones, the
1: ones that Eddie Strait likes.
0: Oh, okay. Was he the one that gave you this insider information? When I was
1: telling him about this thing, he was like, "So, what's gonna be the choco tacos?" <laughs> <laughs> and my answer right away was like Greece, because the Explain. memory, the memory of the choco tacos is much better than the experience of actually eating a choco taco. <laughs> much like Greece, I think its reputation uh, exceeds its reality. Uh, come on! And this from somebody who likes Greece now a lot better than <laughs> he did Following before, the right? summer of Travolta, <laughs> yeah.
0: his opinion was perked up. So if you're still listening to this podcast after all that, <laughs> oh, that was wonderful.
1: If you can still take our pick
0: seriously after <laughs> yes. this. After the Travolta erections and fast food. All right. Four months has built to this. The, the, the final award, the final Travolties. That we're going to give out to our top movies of the summer of Travolta.
1: Okay, so, because it's only 13 movies, so let's 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 figure out the odds. Do you think we have the same top three?
0: Uh, in a
1: different order, probably. I'd be surprised if they're in the same order, but do you think we have the same top three movies?
0: I don't, because I'm not... Even though we recorded it and I've listened to the episode back, I still don't know where you sat with it. Okay. So... I'm going to count down from three to one on my end. Uh, Number three, blowout just fantastic. And I feel the need to rewatch it to make sure it wasn't just kind of like a first time, like uh, getting the jitters out of the way type of thing. And this is where it may get controversial. Number two, Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Incredible. But what the summer of Travolta has taught me is unequivocally my favorite John Travolta movie is Saturday Night Fever. Two, two. Give me two.
1: Let's go. I mean, that's... Anybody that follows you on Facebook <laughs> got that spoiler about two months ago, I think, <laughs> whenever we watched the movie.
0: That's true. I, I did. I called my shot a bit early. I, I Babe Ruthed it. I I, uh, <laughs> I I, I decreed prematurely that it would be my favorite, but the experience of rewatching it and everything... I don't know. I I mean, I feel like it's definitely a movie that each time I've watched it, I've been older. And I don't want to say wiser, but have more life experience. And the feeling I leave it with each time is more and more profound. And you can't really go against that. And to me, that's the best John Travolta movie. And more importantly, it was the movie of the summer of Travolta.
1: (laughs) Okay. Our, Our top three are very different bring it on number three is basic i'm kidding
0: okay (laughs) get out
1: no number three is face off number two is get shorty and number one is expectedly pulp fiction okay
0: and how long do you intend to walk the earth till god puts me where he wants me to be and what if you don't do that if it takes forever then i'll walk forever so you decided to be a bum I'll just be Jules, Vincent. No more, no less. No Jules, you decided to be a bum. Just
1: like all those pieces of shit out there who beg for change, who sleep in garbage bins, eat what I throw away. They got a name for that Jules. It's called a bum. And without a job,
0: a residence or legal tender, that's what you're going to be, man. you me a fucking bum. That's fair. And it, it was by like a fucking, a, a rat's hair that like the one and two were divided. Um, Get Shorty, okay. And then your number three was Face Face Off, Off, which which is just two hours of absolute fun.
1: Yeah, I had, and, you know, as I was, I was, I ranked them all, and I was like, you know, the top six are just fantastic movies that you could easily make a case for any of them to be number one, number two, or number three, you know. Was uh,
0: Saturday Night Fever in your top six? Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, It was number five. Okay. With Blowout, number six. Uh, But then I had, uh, Hairspray at number four.
0: Hairspray so much fucking fun. I had a hard time excluding that from my top picks.
1: Hairspray jumped up on my estimation this last time that we watched it because it just felt so relevant. And I was like, on top of being fun, it's like topical.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 60 years ago. <laughs>
1: yes. So uh, so that, it was really close. But then I ended up going with Face Off because I'll watch that movie anytime. time. It's just it'll if it's playing on TV, I'll just sit down and watch you got it.
0: Fucking it's... John Travolta beating the shit out of Hyde. I mean, <laughs> what more could you ask for? Hot Gina Gershon, uh, and an Nick action Cage, scene, and crazy Nick Cage action scenes set to fucking somewhere over the rainbow. Uh, Terrence not, Howard not... tears,
1: <laughs> and then Pulp Fiction just reigns supreme. I mean, Get Shorty is just fantastic. It's but, excellent. But Danny I can, great. In yeah, that. everybody, you know, I just I love Cadillac that movie so much. Of yeah but pulp fiction to me it's just it's yes it's a cliche but it's just it's
0: in a category all its own yeah. not just in terms of travolta but like film in general it's it's something i think saturday night fever again my whole picking it is basically with how it processes with me and uh how it resounds but pulp fiction man god damn what a movie I, I, that, that, it was so difficult. Like literally, my whole day was like, "God, do I like Saturday Night Fever, or Pulp Fiction more?" But that kind of brings us to the closing here. In terms of John Travolta, we spent this summer with the man, this crazy ass fucking uh, Scientologist.
1: He had no idea, <laughs> but but we did it.
0: <laughs> this is all for you, Johnny Boy. So I guess this is the closing thoughts, our our final thoughts on John Travolta, which it's kind of a weird thing. You know, we we joke a lot and a lot of it's jesting, but it's a dude that is a bit of a socially awkward guy, I feel, um, despite his verbose nature. And especially over the past few years, that whole tragedy with his son passing and everything, um, I'm not really sure if that's influenced his work one way or the other. But... To me, his legacy is one of he was the last or one of the last of his kind. Sing, dance, act. He was a Bing Crosby. Like he was, you know, Clark Gable. There aren't, there's not really anyone today that can do what he did and much from his generation either. And just in general, white guys can't dance like that, man. (laughs) He, his. He deserves all the cliches that are about him. Yes. All the, oh my God. And that was like my thing with Saturday Night Fever. That's the most Travolta Travolta there's ever been. But he is an exceptional talent. And I think his personality and personal life, uh, unfortunately, to some extent, have overshadowed how talented of a guy he was. And, you know, potentially still is. It could just be the products he or the projects I, he chooses. I
1: believe so. I don't think that you can just, you don't stop being talented. I don't think.
0: Especially not that talented.
1: Right. That, that kind of thing. I think that, I mean, we were just saying at the very beginning, people so Jay Simpson, his performance there. You kind of have to give it time, but eventually it shines through the prosthetics and the, the weird choices. At the end, he still, he can play a character and do it. Great. Uh, Speaking of him being humble, I mean, obviously, neither of us knows John Travolta in person. No. <laughs> but I was surprised. You haven't. The Get Shorty episode hasn't dropped yet as, as we record this. So you haven't listened to it yet. But I was telling you that I put his uh, acceptance speech from when he won the Golden Globe for Get Shorty. And he comes across as just very humble. He's very. He's nothing at all like the Travolta on the screen. Yeah. It's not like, oh my God, I want to the golden Globe.
0: <laughs> he's just he's kind walking over the stage. This place is a fucking dump. <laughs> you guys made a goddamn mistake. <laughs> it's a shithole. Uh
1: no, he's just very thankful and very just even mild mannered. He makes a joke toward the end and it's still just kinda of like ah, you know, but it's not over the top. Yeah. Uh with that in mind though. I feel like lately, now that we've, I have a better understanding of his filmography. I feel that while he's always gone big, he's always taken big swings, gone for like big bold choices. I do feel like maybe he's gone the Johnny Depp route in later years, where Johnny Depp, uh, as will be illustrated in our next episode. He can play normal human beings. Yeah. But these days, when you think of Johnny Depp, you're like
0: Captain Jack.
1: Captain Jack.
0: Tim Burton movies. Yeah,
1: he's just playing, you know, big characters. And I feel like there's a lot of that in Travolta's career these days. Um, Just looking at the last two things, you know, the things that we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. When you look at Gaudi, when you look at, at even the way he played Bob Shapiro in. In OJ, you know, it's about the makeup and the and changing the voices and the big choices. And maybe it would be cool to see him just go back to like blowout, Vincent Vega, that kind of performance where it was just it was just him. Yeah, okay, so he's wearing like a wig in Pulp Fiction, but it's still you feel like that's a human being. You don't feel like that's Travolta wearing a mask. You know, and that sometimes works. I mean, like, okay, hairspray. You know, we like hairspray. We like his performance there. But that's him wearing a fat suit, pretending to be a woman. That's you know, that's like big John Travolta. And I want, I miss the smaller John Travolta that we've seen repeatedly uh, throughout the summer of Travolta. So I don't see why he can't go back to it. I mean, I I think that's just his choice, right? I mean, you could you could give me an indie drama starring Travolta next year and i'll go watch it and hope that that's just him really bearing it all um so i mean the talent is there obviously (laughs) it's just like i think the choice of projects is just for some reason he decided to go that way like just like with i don't know you know 10 15 years ago when de niro was like you know i'm tired of going for the big dramatic stuff so i'm gonna do comedies for a for a while and there was just this stretch of robert de niro comedy some good most terrible and (laughs) that's that was just a choice he's still a talented actor but he just chose to focus his talent on this type of work
0: i think that's an apt comparison because obviously robert de niro is someone that people mention as one of the all-time actors um but to be fair robert de niro couldn't dance and he couldn't sing (laughs) so my question comes to that about in like closing and like retrospective on this I think it's not unfair to definitely consider Travolta one of the all-time greats just his ability like in his prime um and even still he could still do all that shit I'm sure if he wanted to I don't know about dancing cuz he's a bit older but like we we don't have anybody like that anymore. We really we don't have actors like that. I understand it's a different school now and a different like uh different train of thought but Travolta really was one of the last of his kind in terms of like he was a a vaudevillian showman, he had he had it all.
1: Oh, you know, Christina Milan was supposed to pick up the torch, take, take the throne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then that. And no, I I mentioned it in the episode. Um, I don't know if you remember uh, JGL. JGL. Yeah. You know, I think that he is. He doesn't have, I think, the high profile that Travolta had and has, but he could get there. I guess. I, I mean, I think that's my choice. He's he's a little. I think maybe he's a little more selective about the movies he makes. Yeah. The projects he he undertakes. Uh, and if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about her a lot. But I think Rachel Bloom has that talent where she can act, she can dance, she can sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's funny. She has Anne charisma. Hathaway. Can she dance? I, I remember seen her.
0: Can you ever seen Bride Wars? <laughs> no, I haven't. It's terrible. <laughs> but there's uh, she has a dance scene in that where I mean, it's meant to be like suggestive dancing, but at the same time, it's like okay. That girl clearly knows what she's doing. And it this Travolta thing, white people dancing is just like, man, <laughs> if you look like you know what you're doing, God bless. Um But yeah, Travolta I, I know you don't particularly care for Greece. Um
1: I can appreciate his performance. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I thought I thought I made that clear. <laughs> I,
0: I I meant in terms of that
1: Sonny it, is the one I hate.
0: <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Let's hear it for the toilet paper. Um, but Travolta definitely has a presence and I think that's what made it so difficult to watch. Like look who's talking and basic and be cool. And what are some of the other shit we did? I think those were the Badons. Uh battlefield earth. But again, that one's so hard to critique because he's clearly so into it. Swordfish would be uh- swordfish is a perfect example. Swordfish, uh, look who's talking basic it's like this dude has a fucking presence but nothing's being done with it yeah and it, you know you kind of feel bummed it's like stifled and it's like i, I want more from this and that i came get, for travolta and you're to your point this. that's look who's talking to when he comes alive it's like <laughs> yes yes wait no where are you going no <laughs> this is what i paid for oh it's gone um I know there are, like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, or this, whatever we're doing here, this epilogue, there are other actors and actresses we could do this with, but it feels like Travolta really has one of, uh, at least of the modern generation or modern you know um, eras, one of the more encompassing filmographies, and especially like roles and shit like that, like Tom Hanks, God love him, Forrest Gump's my favorite movie of all time, he never did something where he was singing and dancing, really.
1: I'm well thinking, but I <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, But you know you get my point polar express again <laughs> they had him on the 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 fucking suit with all the little tennis balls on it uh-huh. and he's going nuts um tom cruise meryl streep i mean you could say Mamma mia for meryl streep but
1: she wasn't into the woods there's not much dancing there she's a witch yeah so she sings
0: so get the point of what I'm trying to get at here. Denzel, Morgan Freeman, you know whoever you can think of as far as like the top brass of this lifetime. Travolta definitely carved out a path all his own, and I think because of how good he was, it makes the modern shit more painful.
1: Yes, but at the same time, like we mentioned, you have the hope that he has another rebound right around the That's corner. That's what's
0: brilliant about him, right? Yeah, he's done it before, and he could do it again. Yeah, you just don't know.
1: Um, we didn't plan this as a category, but I did mean to text you about it. Like the, is there a Travolta movie you can think of right now that you wish we'd include it that you're sorry that we didn't get to? Um, I have one. I mean, there's plenty that we could have included, but there's one that I really.
0: Actually, yes. For the purposes of banter, uh-huh. uh, taking a Pelham one, two, three, <laughs>
1: which I haven't seen.
0: Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. That, that,
1: um, I mean, the banter would have been fine, but also just because it's I haven't seen this movie since it came out. And I remember it being good. And Travolta's performance is one that straddles the line there where he is playing a character, but also you get to connect with him. Uh, it's uh, Primary Colors, where he plays, in quotation marks, Bill Clinton.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and because they were brought up whenever I talk to people about the, the arc we're doing, uh, Staying Alive and Perfect were like two that I thought would have been nice but i don't know if i have the patience to sit through them
1: i mean we would have to at some point i'm sure but because they're terrible right those are like
0: oh yeah well perfect's the the one that i want to do just so we can watch it and talk about because tarantino says it's like one of the most misunderstood (laughs) movies of all time um but that was a summer of travolta i I know we went from penis talk to really in-depth analysis of a man's life and career like that really quick
1: all those people that tuned out when we started talking about it they
0: missed out man oh yeah a uh, hell of a performer, hell of an actor. Just uh, not someone I'm sure I could ever share a beer with and have a discussion about life with. But at the same time, a, a remarkable talent. But also someone that, um, when it's all said and done, will have a, a quite quizzical filmography.
1: Yeah, which you could argue maybe that happens to a lot of actors once they they become really prolific. Right, I mean, you could look at all those people that were saying could be potential candidates for, uh, for a summer for seasons. Yeah, you could look at their filmography and go on stretches. Be like, what? What were you thinking? Yeah, right? and not just the Nero, but I don't know about Meryl Streep. Do you think Meryl Streep has no movies in the filmography <laughs> worth? Well,
0: she did that one with Wes Craven that was really shitty. Uh, Wes Craven.
1: Uh,
0: Fuck, it wasn't uh, Music of the Heart or something like that. Uh, no idea. Okay. Well, it was Wes Craven wanted to make this drama, and he agreed to do Scream 3 with whatever film studio that was. I want to say Dimension, uh-huh. if they would finance like this drama that he wanted to make with Meryl Streep. And it wasn't good. But no, she did not have any elongated stretches <laughs> of time where it was like, look who's talking now.
1: She uh, never went away.
0: No, and Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks did make Larry Crown, which is still one of the worst movies I've ever screened in my life. But so. that's kind
1: of like a blip on his career.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: I think around the time of uh, uh, a League of Their Own, they were. I remember that being talked about as a as a Hanks comeback. So I imagine the movies before that maybe were kind of.
0: Yeah, an eighty nine did bachelor party, which is definitely a cult classic it is uh <laughs> all right closing down here winding down no plugs this is uh all its own this this is its own it, it this is its own venture yeah travolta.
1: we wouldn't want to take away from the prestige, <laughs> the, prestige. the honor
0: of the taco bell menu John travolta movies the
1: spotlight stays on travolta <laughs> until we stop recording
0: so during this summer have we watched anything that's worse than christmas with the cranks
1: i know i asked watch you after- your fucking tongue <laughs> I asked you after every bad movie. And <laughs> it's you true. and you said no every nope, time. And I tend to agree. <laughs> I think I think it's uh it's really close with Look Who's Talking To. But Christmas that, to the Cranks does not have John Travolta dancing to an Elvis song. So God bless. That that makes it.
0: I'll I'll take that. I'll take that and move forward with it. <laughs> uh so that is concluding the summer of Travolta. For those of y'all who have been with us along the ride, we do appreciate it greatly. It was quite the quite the summer. It was a good time, and it's going to be really weird to get back to something that's not John Travolta, but uh, we'll be moving along to episode 68, which will be...
1: Donnie Brasco.
0: Donnie Brasco. Which is,
1: it has a nice tie-in, in a way, because I just compared Travolta to Johnny Depp, yep. who's the star, and his co-star is Al Pacino, who uh, several people throughout this summer of Travolta Compare Travolta to Pacino. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then we're going to be moving along into October, of course, the month of horror. So we will be moving along to uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the 1992 film uh, with Luke Perry as Buffy. Uh, <laughs> That's the,
1: why it failed. They we're not ready for, for Luke Perry In drag. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, We'll be covering that, and then also uh, we'll be doing some sort of Halloween bonus episode. I do know the new Halloween is coming out from David Gordon Green, which I'm very excited about. So I was thinking maybe we could potentially have a guest on and do Halloween 4 and 5, one of the two parts of that series that I really enjoy that do bring along a bag of mixed feelings. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it.
1: Do I need to watch 2 and Uh, 3?
0: You don't need to watch 3, and uh, no, I can fill you in on 2. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis was his sister. That's basically what happens in two.
1: Well, I know that because I watched uh, the Rob Zombie version. Fuck off. <laughs> Canon.
0: <laughs> so that concludes the Summer of Travolta. Julio, it's been an honor.
1: It's been an honor. Mr. Travolta, it's been an honor.
0: Thank you. We're going to link this to your IMDb page.
1: This <laughs> Wikipedia.
0: It, it we'll put this under his producer credits. <laughs> uh, but that's going to do it for myself, Alex and Julio and as always we thank you guys for joining us here on the Contrarians where we're right and you're wrong and we will catch you next time as we approach the fall and we move on from our one and only John Travolta damn it's a pretty fucking good milkshake told you i don't know if it was worth five dollars it was pretty fucking good <laughs>